Amen. God bless you guys. Today's study is called How to Stay the Course. How to Stay the Course. And we're going to jump from scripture to scripture and uh, talk specifically about what this is all about. Um, Life, when it gets tough, we can waver. We can begin to lose heart. We can begin to uh, not able to sustain because, you know, even if you look at just the, the world and the economy right now, you know, a lot of what's going on here is very dependent on what's happening in Europe, um, how Greece is faltering, collapsing. Uh, next is Spain, possibly Italy. And as that happens, that affects our economy because they buy from us. And so even from 2008, you thought the recovery was starting and you're getting on your feet and then all of a sudden it's just dragged on and on and on. And financially, people can feel it. People are losing their homes, they're losing their jobs. Companies are scaling back and you're like, oh Lord, how long till I get that other job or till our finances are in order or Lord, help me make the payment on my house. And all these different things, it just can wear you down the longer that it lasts. And it, and it just draws on you. It's also, some of the things is overcoming temptation. The scripture talks about how there's a sin that so easily besets us in our life that gets us. And, you know, just to overcome that, and you, you it drags on, and you battle, and you battle, and it never goes away. And, Lord, just deliver me how long on this is there victory and there is but it just drags on and on and on as long as well as physical suffering at our church calvary chapel golden springs you know all of us pastors go up to the front and we pray for people at the end of the service and uh since january the beginning of this year 50 people have died of cancer so Cancer, we see as a plague, something that's just really hitting hard this year. And there's a lot of people physically suffering, people with disabilities, long-term disabilities. Uh, Also, you know, just, you know, passing of time. You can't do the things you want to do. Or, you know, my father-in-law, he's on a cane now, and he used to walk like two miles a day and, you know, do all these things, and and the, the cry of the heart is, Lord, how long? Please, God, help me endure. Please, God, help me through this. And it's something that, it's the, the cry of our time in the age in which we live, and it's not going to get easier. It's only going to get harder because we do live in the last days. But our circumstances should never dominate our spirit. We should never be in submission to our environment, but rather walking in the spirit and in power and being able to have joy in what's going on. Because our finances do not define us. Our physical suffering or health does not define us. The Lord and our walk with Jesus Christ, that defines us. Because you will 
grow old. You will lose strength. You will not be able to do all the things that you do, whether you get sick or you just passing of time. And finances, you'll see on Wall Street, you know, the stock market will take a serious dive. People will start shooting their families, jumping from buildings, all these things. And two days later, the stock market goes up because their identity and they define themselves by money, by what they do, by the car they drive, by the house they live in. Well, that's not us. And the house may pass. And the cars may pass and the finances may pass, but we still walk with God and are on our way to a heavenly mansion. But to endure, to stay the course can wear on your spirit and just weigh you down to where you're like the psalmist and you say, oh Lord, how long? So it's a few things that you need to look at when looking at this. Because, you know, people even cry out, you know, why does God put me through this? Why do I have to go through this? Why does this evil happen? Why, do, why does this evil happen to good people? Why, why me? Why do I have to go through this? God hasn't, has not chosen to destroy evil with just one sovereign act. You know, all of a sudden evil's completely destroyed. But rather, he chooses to let it exist and to redeem us from it to save us, to deliver us, and to call upon him during those times. So this is a little bit of thing to just describe to you what we do in order to overcome, what we do to stay the course and not to quit, not to give up. You know, there's a song by Lifehouse that kind of describes that feeling of just, you know, that long term of um, trial or suffering and it says, the, bro- the broken clock is a comfort and it helps me sleep at night. I can't stop tomorrow from stealing all the time. And I'm here and still waiting, though I still have my doubts. I am damaged at best, like you already figured that out. I'm falling apart. I'm barely breathing. And with a broken heart that's still beating, And in the pain, there is healing. And in your name, I find meaning. So I'm holding on, barely holding on to you. And I'm hanging on another day because you said that I would be okay. And that's the heart that cries out to the Lord because of what they're going through. And those that don't know the Lord... It breaks my heart because how do you make it through a day? You don't have any leading. You don't have any guiding. You're just guessing at life. And you can't figure out why God made you. And that's what leads to hopelessness because you don't see an end. You don't see a hope. In Christ, you are led by God and you are made for a reason. Whether you like it or not, you were designed to glorify him and to enjoy him. And those things, God, you, you, you feel complete. You, you know that you're in God's will for your life. But let me share a few things with you. First of all, in, in these times, you have to be led by God. 
You have to know within your heart you're led by God. With all the chaos going around and everything going crazy in your life and the decisions that you have to make, you need to know that God is leading you, that God is directing you. Because the last thing you need is to be out of God's will in times like this. And God can see you through if you follow him. But if you're just guessing, well, let me try this, well, let me try that, well, let me try this, it it will leave you in confusion. It will leave you in chaos. It will leave you in frustration and stress that you are not designed to handle. Because we gave God our lives. We said, Lord, here's my life. And I like how Oswald Chambers puts it. He says, your relationship with God is described like this. Capital H, capital I, capital S. His. You're his. It's his life. And my heart and my life is his. Why? Because I came to Christ. I looked at my life. I realized what a wretched human being I was, how lost I was, how I don't know where I'm even going, how I'm caught up in all these things. And and I, I wanted just to be forgiven. I just wanted to give my life to him. And when I did, he forgave me. He brought me in. He gave me hope. He gave me peace. He gave me forgiveness. And he gave me a new heart and a new life. And I'm like, what, do, what can I give you? I can't give you money i can't give you a home i can't give you all these things i know i'll give you my life and that's what he wants and we gave that to him and we said it's yours i'm yours here you are now let him lead you let him guide you he wants to help you he loves you the scripture says in psalm 119 105 it says Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Lord leads you through his word. He will lead you through his word. That's why your daily devotions are just so important. Every morning you wake up, you get in the word. You get in the word. And God is so amazing in his omniscience or his his all-knowing, in his omnipotence, his all-powerful. God, I mean... God, the greatest miracle God works is working the supernatural naturally. People will say, oh, it's a coincidence. But God can poof, make it happen right here and now. And Oh, it's a miracle, it's a miracle. Or he can arrange all the circumstances and govern all these million little things that have to happen and govern them and boom, it happens right in front of you. And everybody goes, well, that was just a coincidence. Well, no, it's not. God works miracles. God works great things. God can handle your life so that all the stuff that God sees going on in your day that day and the day that you're reading the scripture that day, it applies to what's up ahead. And you're reading and you're going, wow, never read that scripture before. I wonder what that's all about. And all of a sudden that day, boom, circumstances happen where you need that scripture. That's your leading, that's your guiding, that's showing you which way to go. Not only that, your heart is prepared in the way of righteousness, in walking in the Spirit. So that when you walk in the Spirit, God can lead and guide your decisions and the things that you do. The desires that you have are His desires because your heart has been prepared. And God is faithful to lead. God gives us that leading. Um, But 
when God gives you the leading, you got to take that step of faith to do. Because you may not agree with it. It may not be something that you want to do. You know, when I wanted to quit my job a couple years ago, I was like, you know, I'm working for this miser. I can't stand this guy. He's always, oh, well, you know, well, you don't get commission for that. You don't get commission for that. Well, we'll change this. We'll change this around. And I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating, you know. So I had this opportunity. There's this networking going on. And this is where you would go, you know, if you want to, like, get another job in that industry i knew it was happening and the lord gave me a scripture that morning that said dwell in the land and feed on my faithfulness and i will bless you and i'm like nah that doesn't apply to me right now it's not applying to my job you know that's just the tacos i eat man it's just just messing with my head right so it's not for real it's not what i want to do you know and then i just felt the spirit just weighing heavy on my heart and it just kept echoing in my head and I'm like can't get away from it so so you know what I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to bounce it off my wife and see what she says I'm not going to say anything else I'm just going to read the scripture to her you know and so I go Christine you know what do you think of this and I read that scripture how's God speak to you she says God doesn't want you to quit your job I'm like no it's not what I wanted to hear you know and it was something I, I knew where God was leading me and I had a couple of job offers that I knew I could go, and I decided, no, I'm going to stay. God's making it clear he wants me to stay, I'll stay. And it was really hard to make that decision, but, you know, a new item came on, and it just skyrocketed where I just did so well. And then all of a sudden, later on, he's like taking this out, taking this out. Okay, we're going to separate this and this and this. And he restructured the company where I'll only be making one-third of what I was making. And, you know, you got to support your family and stuff. I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? You still want me to stay here? And I got a scripture that morning that said that Jacob left Laban. And Laban was a miser and kept changing Jacob's wages. And God told him it's time to go. And I'm like, wow, maybe that's God. So, you know, uh, I'll take a step of faith. And um, I talked to this one company. And they said, well, we don't have a position open, but... You put us in a unique situation. We'll get back to you. And they created a position for me. And they and I was making almost as much as what I was making at the other job. And I'm like, wow, okay, I'll take it. And I took the job, and I went to my boss, and I told him, you know what, I'm turning in my notice. And, you know, and I was thinking he's going to be all upset and all this stuff. And then he says, where are you going? And I told him where I was going. And all of a sudden, he just kind of looked at me. He goes, you want a cup of coffee? Let's get a cup of coffee. Here, you can use my cup. You know, I'm like looking. I'm like, okay, something's up. This guy doesn't do this, right? And uh, he's talking, trying to talk, talk all nice to me and all these things. And a couple days later, after I turn in my notice, I find out that this company that I ended up getting a job at is trying to buy his company or use his company to outsource and then make him very rich. And that I would be heading the department that would be using him. And how God just changed the whole situation all on his own without my help. Just listening to what he has to say. Just letting him lead. And just paying attention. Putting my heart out there saying, God, what do you want to do? And when he gives me the answer, it may not be the answer you want to hear. But he's the one looking up in the future. 
He's the one that already knows what's around the corner. And holding on in his hands and letting him lead you is the most solid place you can be as you go through your times and you try to stay the course. You want to stay the course? Listen to God. Let him lead you. Because when the storm hits, man, you, you, you know you're going to be okay because you know you're in the will of God. You know it here. And you know it here in your heart, too. So that no matter what comes, you say, I'm following God. I'm following God. He told me to take this course. I'm going to be okay. And you can sit in that confidence knowing that. Because you know what? If you don't have that and you're going through whatever you're going through, it's tough. It puts stress on you that's not your in, intended to do. I mean, every that, that house, those finances, your health, all these things, that's all his. It's not yours anymore. And if it's all his, they're his problems for him to deal with. Your job is just to follow him. Let him lead you. And if he's leading you, hey, those aren't my problems. They're really his. That's not irresponsibility. That's not pushing away the problem. That's putting the problem in the hands of the Almighty who is able to do something about it because you are helpless in your guessing. You need to be in the will of God. You need to let God lead you. Just like, you know, and it takes faith to take that step of faith, even if you don't want to do it, to jump and believe that God's leading you. And let's look at Gideon. I mean, here he is, a guy hiding. You know, because the Philistines at harvest time come and raid the land, take everything. And he's hiding in a wine press, threshing the wheat. And God comes to him and tells him, hey, mighty man of valor, I'm going to use you. You're going to defeat the Philistines. You know, there's an innumerable army of Philistines, and I want you to take 300 guys and go beat them. And it's like, what? Are you serious? Well, you know, God, give me a sign that you're really, this isn't, you know, like... Too much hummus or whatever. Show me. Give me a sign. You know, give me. Show me that this is. And he gives him a couple of fleeces. And then what it comes down to is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to do your own thing, or are you going to follow me? And he took that step of faith and he defeated the whole army. And we see that also with the widow of Zarephath. Here, this woman. There's it's drought. There's no more food. She's been trying to scrape up what she can. She's broke. And all there is is enough mix, you know, to make a couple pieces of cornbread type thing. Okay? And she's going to make one for her son and herself, and that's it. Then they're going to die. That's all they got. And this prophet walks into town and says, hey, make that for me. I'm hungry. And I'm like, listen, buddy, <laughs> you're not getting that. That's for me and my kid, and that's it. That's all we got. And then we're going to die because there's nothing else. He says, if you make it for me, God's going to make sure you don't run out. And she had to take a step of faith. She had to believe that God was leading. And she took a step of faith. And she went, wow, there's, enough, there's extra. And the next morning, there's some. The next morning, there's some. And God blessed. You see, when you're walking with the Lord, when you're taking that step of faith and you've made the step because God is leading you, there will always be enough. may not be everything you want, but everything you need. And you will not be without. 
and he will take care of you. If you're out of his will, there's no guarantees. That's why you must be led by God. And God is always faithful to give you an answer. And Joshua in the battle of Jericho, before, the, before Jericho started in chapter 5, he was, uh, the scripture says in 13 and 15, it says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite of him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went out to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth in worship and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Here's what's going on. The next day he's attacking Jericho. And he's looking at the town and he's saying, Man, those walls are high. Those walls are thick. He's a general. He's a military guy. So he's like, how am I going to scale those walls? They're going to have arrows. They're going to have rocks. We're gonna, how, do we, how do we get in? I mean, thousands of people are going to die. What, what strategy do I use? What do I do? And then this guy appears with a sword. He says, are you for us or against us? He says, hey, I'm the commander of the army of God. He says, what do you need? What do you want to tell me? And he gives them the strategy, how to do it, how to take it. And it takes faith to do it. But God was faithful to give him the answer. Seeking, looking, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God is faithful to give you that answer. He won't leave you hanging, but are you willing to wait for it? Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to say, I'm not going to move till you tell me. I'm listening. Bless me, Lord. And you heard about how Jacob was wrestling with the angel of the Lord, wrestling with God, and the angel said, let me go. He says, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. That's what you do. You wrestle with God in prayer and the word and say, I'm not going to let go till you bless me. And he will. Because God wants to speak to us. God wants to talk to us. And we also see that with David when he's fighting the Philistines in Second Samuel chapter 5, where you know, the Philistines fill the valley. David goes in. He wipes them out. And then here comes the second round. They do the same thing again. And he goes, Lord, do you want me to attack them again? He says, no, I want you to go around, come from behind. And when you hear the marching in the mulberry trees, then attack. So David comes around. He waits. And it's like a an, an, uh, spiritual army marching above him, going ahead of him. And he goes in and he defeats them. But he listened to God. He said, okay, God, how do you want to do it? And God will give you a strategy. God will show you. And you say, okay, I'm going to try this. And then the Lord will do it. Whether it's your job or whatever the case may be, God can give you a strategy how to handle it. If you trust him, if you're led by him. But put your heart in the right place. Put your mind on the right things. And that, that requires faith. You know, Having faith that God knows what he's doing, but in the process, he's going to change you. Understand that. Did you ever notice that this whole long trial that you're going through makes you die to yourself? Makes you die to your schemes and your plans? Makes you die to your anger and frustrations? 
makes you die to what you want, how you want things to be, and they're not. And you're like, oh, Lord, how long? You see, the whole process is to conform you into the image of his son. And the whole process, however long it is, always makes you die to yourself and requires that of you. And as you do that and as that falls away, you know, with that job, you know, that I was telling you about, it took six-week interview process. You know, that's a drag when you're looking for a job, right? Six weeks. You know, I know guys that look for a year and a half, and that's on the average. But I'm interview, 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 and then for like three weeks it was quiet. I'm like, forget it. Forget the job. And I literally died to myself, and I had to let it go. I said, okay, God, if you want me to stay with this guy and live on this salary, I'll make all the adjustments that I need to make, and I will do it because you want me here. And after I did that, a week later, it came. But I had to let it go inside me. I had to die to myself and what I wanted and the direction I wanted to go and all these things to make sure that it was him. And he took it from me. When he took it from me, he gave it back. And he blessed me. But that's how God works. Self always has to die in the process of it all. And we see also the blind man awaiting healing with Jesus. In John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, he says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered and said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the work of works of God should be revealed in him. This guy's born blind. He's been blind all his life. And the disciples said, What happened? Is it something he did or something his parents did that he was born blind like this? Born blind. Not fell, got hurt, and ended up blind. He was born blind. And Jesus said, it was for this day that God would be glorified that he was born blind. And he healed him in front of everybody so that everybody could see the power and the glory of God. He was born blind for that purpose what are you going through what's your trial what's that big thing you've been screaming to God about that I don't want to be here take it away God says it is for this purpose that I will glorify my name when I deliver you when you're going through it understand God has a purpose there is a reason this isn't because, you know, God said, oh, my gosh, he, he, he lost a job. I, was, I, I couldn't see that. Or he got sick. Oh, that's totally, I've got to change the plan because I didn't see that coming. No, there's no surprises with him. And with him, if you let go, he will magnify his name through you. I mean, we, we see in, in, in Scripture there's a scripture that says, though I walk in, in uh, Psalm 85, it says that 84 verse 6 and 7 says, As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools, and they go from strength to strength. The valley of Baca is the valley of weeping. 
That's what it means, the valley of weeping. Though they go through the valley of weeping, they make it a spring and rain covers it with pools. That word pools there in Hebrews means blessings. You're walking through that valley of weeping. And you want to know something? If you get your eyes off yourself, you get your eyes on the Lord, and you let the Lord heal your heart, and you surrender it all, and you walk in joy and in the power you're going to see people's lives changed around you. People are watching you. And you're going to leave in the valley. When you leave it, and you will, you're going to leave blessing behind. You're going to leave a testimony to people that my God reigns. You're going to leave a testimony to people that God is faithful and that he changes lives. Because it's beyond you. This isn't about you. This is about God trying to save a dying world. And he's using your life to do it because you said, I'm yours. Do with me what you wish. You may not be comfortable here. But if you were, you wouldn't be his. But because you're not comfortable here, you're not of this world. Your home and your reward is waiting for you. So do his will. Walk in his way. Let him lead you. Trust him that he knows what he's doing and let him change you. And lastly, hope in God never disappoints. It never disappoints. God is faithful to do it. God is faithful to fulfill his promise of hope to you. And we see that with Joseph. Joseph, here he's a kid, dad's favorite. He gets a coat of many colors, you know. He says, hey, guys, talking to his brother, he said, you know what? I had a dream. What was it? He says, I had a dream that you guys all bowed down to me and worshiped me. And, you know, as a big brother, they're like, oh, man, we're, we're going to deal with you later, buddy. You know? How dare you say stuff like that? Then he ends up enslaved. He ends up in prison. And what does God do? God raises him up as the governor of Egypt. And then his brothers come to visit to get grain. And what do they do? They bow down and fulfilled. God fulfilled what he promised, what he would do. And we also see that with Abraham awaiting a child. You know, oh, you know, my wife is... 90 years old, I'm 100. I can't figure how this thing is going to happen to where, you know, I'm going to be the father of many nations. Yeah, right. Well, then his wife says, well, maybe he meant that we're going to adopt. So let's, you know, let's get our maidservant. You know, you can have a baby through her, and I'll, I'll catch the baby on its knees as it's born, and we'll adopt that child, and we'll use that child. We'll name him Ishmael. And then Ishmael's born. When he does that, God doesn't speak to Abraham for 13 years. And then when he does speak to him, tell him the promise again that I'm going to be a son, you're going to be a father of many nations. He's kind of like, oh, yeah, right. Okay, let Ishmael live before you. And God says, no. I will do it, and I will do it through Sarah, and I will complete the promise that I gave. Because he's faithful. He will do what he says, and you can count on that. In your life, that's the most important thing you need to hold on to. And David, awaiting the promise of being a king. You know, here he is. He's a shepherd boy. And when he gets bored and there's nothing to do, he plays and he sings his heart out to God. 
you know, out there in the wilderness. And then God says, hey, you know what? I know you love me. I need you to do me do something for me. Anything, Lord, what do you want? I want you to be king. And then he gets anointed as king. It's like, wow, you know. And then all of a sudden the king's trying to kill him. And he's hiding in the wilderness, going from place to place, being hunted down like a wild animal, having no rest. And then he writes the psalm and he says, oh, Lord, how long till you fulfill your promise? You feel that? He did. Constantly, day by day, being hunted, moving, going. And I'm supposed to be king. Even at one time he kind of gave up. I said, you know what? Finally this guy's going to get me, so I'm going to go hang out with the Philistines. And he goes over with the Philistines. And then what ends up happening? He's going out killing all the Amalekites and everything, coming back and saying, hey, you know what? I did this to Israel. And they're like, oh, you're my favorite, David. But then when they're going to go out and fight Israel... David's supposed to go with one of the Philistine kings, and they say, no, what are you talking about? This guy's a Hebrew. Once we get in the thick of battle, what if he changes his mind and starts whooping on us? He's not going. And in the midst of that, the Amalekites had raided the town that David's people were staying in, and they took all the women and children. And he gets back, and all the men are like, without spirit. They're broken because they're children and their wife are gone and they're talking about stoning David and David breaks away and says oh Lord I need you I walked away but here I am what do you want me to do and God tells him I want you to go pursue them catch them and I will give you every last one of them not one hair of their head will be touched and he goes he takes it and he does it and God restores him and puts him where he needs to be yeah you may have screwed up Okay? And maybe you fell out of the perfect will of God for your life and God wanted to do something neat. But you want to know something? You're an imperfect human being. And God knows that. And God takes imperfect people and he uses them for his glory. And he's such a genius. He can restore the years the canker worm has eaten away. And he could put you back on track if you just let him. He could take you through the storm. He could make sure you make it through. And in conclusion, I want to share, cover those points again. Be led by God. Have faith. Let God change you. God never disappoints. And I want to share a scripture with you. It's Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, when you study eagles, it's just amazing when you hear about them. Their wingspan's like six feet. That, that, that's huge for their wings. And the, their wings are heavy. And, and it would take a lot of strength to keep flapping those wings, and they would wear out. But an eagle actually flaps his wings two minutes of every hour in flight. Only two minutes of a whole hour does an, an eagle actually flap its wings. Why? Because it soars. And, and, and eagles learn to the, the thermals, the weather thermals, where you know the cold fronts and the, the, the warm fronts meet, and it goes a counterclockwise motion, and it shoots up, and there's that, that, that wind pattern. And so what they'll do is when they migrate, they'll hit that wind pattern, and boom, it'll shoot them up. Thousands and thousands 
of feet in the air, and they'll be up, and they'll just soar and glide through the whole time. When I was in Wisconsin, we went to Wisconsin on vacation, and I'm like, what is that? And you're like looking like way up there, not even moving in the sky. It's an eagle. And they just they stay in one spot. They don't even flap. They're just on the wind. And so what they do when the storm comes, they get up high on a cliff, and when they feel the thermal come, where the storm's coming, where the, the cold front and the warm front meet, and they hit it, and it just launches them and shoots them above the storm. They just shoot up, and they glide over the storm till the storm passes and they come down. But that's God, what God wants to do. I mean, the eagles don't escape the storm. They simply use the storm to lift them higher. And the wind raises them up. But that's why the storm comes. God doesn't want to keep you from the storm. God, take it away. Don't let it happen. Deliver me from this. He's not going to let you escape the storm. But he will use the storm to lift you higher. That's what it means to mount up on eagle's wings. Let the wind of the Holy Spirit just take you, man, and shoot you up. It's not going to take a lot of effort. You're sitting there flapping, going nowhere. Ride the wind. Let the Holy Spirit lift you up and take you over the storm and deliver you and let you soar. So endure. Make it through. Don't let it get to you. See it through. Stay the course. God has a plan. God is working great things that you don't even know. But make it through. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your grace and love and mercy. And I pray, Lord Jesus, all the trials and all the hurts and all the pains that are here, God. You know them all, Lord. We lift them up and we give them to you, Lord, with all the cry of our heart. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bring deliverance. But most of all, God, I pray that you would bring peace as we are yours and you are in charge. No matter what the circumstances, with the job, with our health, with our finances, whatever it may be, Lord, we give it to you. And we trust that you know what you're doing and we're going to let you change us. So right now, God, we just catch that wind of the Holy Spirit and we ask you to rise us up. Lead us like, take us in flight like wings like eagles, Lord. Show us the way. Lead and guide us. And just have our hearts soar to be with you as we go through the things we go through. We love you. We praise you and ask you to just be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.